Welcome to the main course. I'm Barbara Castiglia of Modern Restaurant Management. And today we're going to be talking about one of the top of mind topics or some of the uh, top of mind topics for the restaurant industry right now. It's technology and automation and everything that's going on, you know, within that realm and how vitally important it is to the restaurant industry right now. And with me is Ben Simmons, who is the co-founder and CEO of Table Needs. So welcome, Ben. Well, first, tell me what Table Needs does, you know, what you do for the restaurant industry, you know, what are the the problems that you that you try to solve? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So from from outside looking in, Table Needs is you would just call it a point of sale company. The the more complicated answer, that, that being the simple answer, is that we see a space in the market sort of between Square and Toast that is not being addressed. So Square is how a lot of people sort of get their feet wet. Our ideal customer profile that we're addressing is smaller quick service restaurants, food trucks, where they need a little more hand-holding to get up and running, sort of a complete package to run their restaurant or pop-up or food truck or whatever it is. And so we'll kind of help you go from nothing to reality uh, on a cheaper price point with less complication than Toast, but uh, more specialized equipment and needs than, say, like a Square. Hmm. So... What was it about restaurant technology that kind of inspired you to get in this space as a career? Yeah, I mean, I was always sort of in restaurants from a young age. I did a lot of retail when I was younger as well. But restaurants were just very attractive to me. I've owned restaurants. I've worked in restaurants and managed them. I have just been an employee in them. And then I sort of got into tech got a couple of software engineering jobs under my belt, uh, got into management, and I was always sort of coming up with ideas in, in the food tech space. And then one day my my mentor in the tech space, Tim Jenkins, who co-founded a company called SendGrid, told me about this idea he had called Table Needs. And I said, I want to be a part of that. And sort of the rest is, is history in terms of how I ended up at Table Needs. But I was always attracted to the food and tech sort of intersection. So based on, you know, your experience, you know, working in restaurants, I can imagine you kind of saw the different problems that they had and then kind of taking your experience in technology, seeing how technology could help restaurants. So, you know, what would you say are some of those key challenges that restaurants are facing, particularly the people who you're who you're targeting that you think table needs can help with? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's there's a ton of key challenges in the restaurant space right now and all kinds of things that, that there's innovation around right now to improve the guest experience. Some of the biggest challenges that come to mind that, that you don't want to sort of brush under the rug here, obviously, and that's always a challenge is just finding good people. There's been a lot of investment in the tech space, uh, specifically the tech restaurant space of late with startups on just trying to help you uh, hire better, right? Another way to go about that is to add more technology into your stack. And then, of course, there's the like like at my restaurant, particularly my Cisco bill is going you know through the roof compared to what it was last year. Right. So the cost of goods sold, you know, the product that we're actually making and getting good people in the door is always going to be a challenge. But it's more of a challenge right now. One particular area that table needs can help with is in your traditional sort of menu cost side of things. Right. I mean. Uh, a lot of people don't know that that economists refer to uh, this phrase menu costs as just like the cost of changing prices, right? Whether it's in the restaurant industry or not. And so like there's definitely that cost associated with, well, you know, chicken is continuing to go up. So I need I now need to, to change my costs. And 
uh, change my prices rather, and now I got to reprint menus. Or if you have the static sort of menu that's on the wall or on your website, I got to call my web developer or this and that. So like, we have a, a singular product that is your point of sale, is your online ordering, is your QR menu, all of all of that stuff, sort of your digital presence together, but with a point of sale. Uh, so that when you 86 something or change the price in the point of sale, it just sort of flows through to the rest of things. So being able to be nimble in an environment that has been volatile is one way that we can help in terms of facing some of those key challenges and being able to move with the the, the tide of rising and changing costs. Definitely being nimble has been a mm -hmm. uh, very big asset in the volatility of the pandemic. So, you know, what was Table Needs pandemic experience? How has it been? I know I feel like we're coming toward the end, but, you know, what what were you hearing from clients? What what kind of problems were you uh, addressing during the time? Right. I mean, the, the, we, we started not as a point of sale. We started just as a QR menu product. We started trying to sort of rethink the point of sale. I mean, the, the term point of sale is kind of outdated. There are, there are many points that a sale can happen in, right? And during the pandemic, we were sort of forced with this, this new reality at the time of everything needed to be, needing to be contactless, right? So we did a lot of QR menus. We did a lot of ordering from your phone. We did a lot of handhelds things like that, and just trying to help restaurants adapt to the change in, in regulation, right? And there was, during the pandemic, a lot of acceptance of that. And as as the, you know, as we've sort of exited, not, not so much exited, but at least, you know, re reduced our our regulation on a, on a countrywide level around that, especially in the more rural areas of the country, there's been a lot more sort of like, well, let's let's ditch the QR menu and let's go back to the way things were before. But there is still an element of the population, if you make it an option, that likes to dine that way. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so our pandemic experience was much like a lot of other folks in restaurant tech, it, a, a period of us figuring out a lot of things, a lot of opportunity for growth in terms of like, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of folks out there needing help. Right. And so it, it just it, we didn't have the resources that some of the bigger companies did at that time because we were still brand new. But there's a reason that, you know, your toast grew like six X during the pandemic. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, so, uh, and, and, it, and it wasn't just because of the pandemic. I mean, there's been sort of a change in, in guard in terms of like the, the generation, the generational shift and like more millennials now run restaurants. The average age of a restaurant tour in this country is around 42. Right. And that's that's sort of squarely in the, the millennial space now. So there's a there's a big tech dependence that that has been documented and written about that the millennial generation has. So you sort of had all these things intertwined at once and it created this new big demand in tech, this new big wave of venture capitalists pouring money, billions of dollars into new tech ventures. And so, you know, I think the pandemic experience was very unique for all restaurant tech companies and was this sort of blended, you know, blended up uh, experience of, it was really tough. It was really hard to see restaurants struggling that way, but there was also a lot of opportunity for us to help them. And by doing so, put a name out there for, for us. They say a down market is an op, op market with opportunity, right? Right. Yeah, you hit on a, a lot of different points there. Um, I did, sorry. I like to, to go. It's okay. We're all great. I like, you know, I like to revisit a couple. But obviously, you talked a lot about, you know, prior to the pandemic, the restaurant industry was not known as being very tech 
forward. And there was kind of a hesitancy. And you hit on, you know, different points as to, you know, it's not just the pandemic. It is definitely a generational thing where people are looking and saying, well, tech can do this quicker and then it'll let me run my restaurant and do other things better. Are you noticing that all the hesitation is kind of gone and that the pandemic has kind of answered and and people are have seen the benefits and now would you anticipate there's going to be more of an investment in technology in restaurants across the board i mean i i definitely think there's going to be more investment in technology across the board because uh, sort of the rising tide lifts all all ships kind of a thing like i mean once you make it more once one restaurant down the street makes it more convenient for you to consume their product the one the one the other ones around it are 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 forced to either do the same or you know for for survival reasons right uh so i i do think that there's going to be absolutely more adoption i think that it increased the speed with which we saw that adoption more than more than anything ever could have i think there's still a lot of hesitancy in the restaurant space i mean i see that every day especially in in the point of sale space that i'm in because like it's it's not an easy sale to walk in the door and say let me rip out everything that you do today and like rethink everything (laughs) right Right. you know unless something is broken (laughs) you know and and there's not a lot of people out there just thrilled with the technology they're using so that means that i mean even even in a world where you've got toast and spot on showed up and and in five years time become a 3.2 billion dollar company you know what i mean and and there's square and then there's clover there's all these different solutions out there right so but 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 the 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 average turn in the point of sale market specifically which is your biggest tech sector of this space right there are others but they're all sort of slices of that same thing the biggest tech tech sector in this space has an average annual churn of around like 25 percent right so there's still more opportunity in the turn of this market than, than in most markets right? right so i think that there's still a lot of hesitancies particularly particularly with restaurant owners who you know are are either still on the other side of that generational divide or who are trying to particularly trying to figure out the the one size fits all solution so what i mean by that is there's there's all these different sort of segments of tech right you can buy just your online ordering solution and everybody sort of focuses on integrating with each other right you can buy just an accounting tool you can buy just a marketing tool for your restaurant and there's all these different sort of verticals that that sort of flow back into each other and so you got to stitch together seven tools to run your restaurant right and and unless you have engineers on staff software engineers on staff that's sometimes really hard right so there's certainly a hesitancy to change something that isn't broken still until they're forced into thinking about it but that's where I think you're starting to see solutions like table needs and like a few others that are showing up that are focusing on sort of just a small segment of that market and doing all the things that they need in, in one product. Because like I said, there's a tech dependency there. And and the, the, the generation that we have now that's at the forefront of restaurants is really their, their, their mantra seems to be, how simple can you make it so that it just works? Right. And that's how we want all our software to work. The, the problem is, is in this space that is oftentimes not possible. So right. uh, and that's why we've put a, a heavy focus on our onboarding process and holding hands and, and telling them what they should care about. Right. So talk to me a little bit about that onboarding process. What you know, if you you go in, you meet with somebody and they say, OK, we'll bring you on. What do you do for them that will make that system work for them? 
Right. So it's it's a huge amount of of tasks, but it's more just about the hand holding. It's more about the so we, we sort of internally talk about ourselves as like trying to create the opinionated and simplified solution for running a quick service restaurant and food truck. So I sort of think that, you know, our, our consumer for, for software in general sort of wants to be told what to care about. And there's a lot of things like most people start a restaurant for very emotional reasons that are valid reasons that, that, that is very romanticized in their head, but they may have not thought through all of the business aspects of it. So what we say a lot is they kind of have everything on the plate handled and they need help with all the things that aren't on the plate. Right. So we go in and, you know, somebody comes to us through the website or they sign up for a free account online or, or we, we, we have some markets where we do direct sales and you know, we walk in the door, whatever. However, they came to us. Once the handoff from whatever the sales process was into our onboarding team, there's like a whole like it's almost a very software as a service type model. You, you get welcomed. We have a Zoom call with you or an in-person meeting, depending on the location. We have like a deck ready to go for you. Like here's here's your expectations. And then we take you through. We put your menu in for you. You're, since our point of sale is like, and in, in partially it's web-based first and foremost, you can literally do your training with your staff on, on your menu before you ever get equipment in the door, right? We help you down to the marketing materials, say that you're gonna need a, a QR ordering system for your food truck. You're gonna get in your package, you know, uh, a thing branded to your business that you can stick on the side of your food truck so somebody can scan it, walk away and order. And then you can hit, you know, done on the KDS and it texts them, right? So. Thinking through all of those details, having somebody help you and say, well, what's your what's your tax you know rate and what's the different tax rates of the cities around you if you're a food truck and what discounts do you offer and all of those things and, and putting all that in there for you. First of all, like the, the people, there's nothing like that on the market, right? There's a couple of ways to innovate. One of them is surely tech. Another way is just filling a need in terms of convenience. In the market, right? So you can you can pay some of the point of sale providers out there to do like like to import your menu for a few hundred bucks to a thousand dollars, whatever they're going to charge you. Or you can go sort of the the more you know self onboarded routes with your squares and whatnot, and, and figure it out yourself. We're trying to be this third thing, right? This 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 new path, if you will. And what what we're seeing in response to that is better success on day one. For these restaurants and um, obviously we're still a young company but we're seeing uh, a better than industry standard churn rate mm -hmm. you hit on a lot of different issues that are going on in the restaurant industry now you know in addition to coming out of the pandemic we are dealing with a, a staffing crisis that we hadn't seen before supply chain challenges now inflation so if restaurants are you know want to invest in technology what are kind of the best ones or the best things that are going to have the return on investment now, you know, in, in spite of everything else that's going on, you know, that, that these are things that are going to help them in the future. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's different for a lot of restaurants. I'd say that I'd say you sort of start with the simplest things that you can have a big impact on first. Right. So um, we talked a little bit about menu costs. That's more about like an internal thing, but having, a good online presence. One thing Amazon taught the whole world was if you can make it easier for me to give you my money, more people will do it, right? With the one click shopping and all of that stuff. So 
you know, the, the more that barrier to entry comes down, the more people are going to do it, the more opportunities you have to get in front of people's faces right. to, to, to sell your product and build your brand. So I see so many restaurants still. Like, I mean, I think like 97% of restaurants last I read in this country have a point of sale, right? Like a, a, a computer-based point of sale, right? So that's mm-hmm. 3% still on cash registers, right? The adoption rate for online ordering is just drastically drastically less right and and there is a there's a hesitancy for some people because like maybe your product particularly doesn't lend itself well to being delivered or being picked up you know and and that's a, a fine you know thing to know about yourself and 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 maybe you offer a subset of your menu online and not the rest of it but there's just a ton of people missing out in terms of like a a revenue stream that is a completely different revenue stream Right. Particularly as the consumer is becoming a lot more aware of the fees that third party delivery platforms are placing on them. So you've got like your chow nows that are marketing that very well. You've got your owner.coms that are marketing that very well. Right. And so then you're still left with dealing with a point of sale integration. Right. So you could use Square, you could figure it out yourself, you know, potentially even get something for free unless you go with Square for restaurants. But at the end of the day, you're still left with like this thing you either got to figure out or this thing that costs money and is hard to, you know, troubleshoot, you know, when, when you want to get it integrated and when the, when that integration inevitably fails. So the thing, the restaurant, the, the, the mistakes I see the restaurants make the most often is ignoring online channels because it gives you a completely different way to market, right? So like food trucks are able to then take our online ordering, put it out on social media with a link, right? And say, we're going to be at this location, go ahead and order now. And it schedules it. And our kitchen pacing feature is just like fire it at the correct time so that they can prepare it and it can be warm and ready for the people when they pick it up. But like Facebook provides a order now button that's very easy to configure that most people just don't know about where you can put the link into your your online ordering, figuring that with Google and ignoring this, this digital presence is something that is just money left on the table. Uh, And and if we're talking about ROI specifically, I think a completely outside revenue stream of different customers than the ones you have today is going to have the highest, most immediate impact. I loved one of the things that you said before about the point of sale, not just being that point of sale. That's not, that's not where you're doing sales. And immediately I thought of some of the things that you were just saying about how, you know, people look up a restaurant, you know, if they're thinking of going there and they may look on the menu and they're kind of making the sale then if they're saying, I want that scallop dish or something. So where, you know, where do you see that going in terms of where the point of sale is and what it, what it means, what restaurants kind of need to understand about that the POS is not just this one little thing that it's, that it's got tendrils and it's expanding out. Yeah, absolutely. So unfortunately, unfortunately, maybe fortunately, I don't know, whatever it is, it's the reality of the way I see things trending. There's something like 90% of people look up a restaurant online before they decide to go there. Right. And they do a lot of research. That's why things like Yelp remain popular. You know, um, people, people buy with their eyes. Right. And so if you don't have images online, you're potentially losing sales. The problem is restaurant owners have no visibility of this, right? Like if I'm running a, a app company, we're putting a ton of work into optimizing our funnel and seeing where people are dropping off in that funnel. And there are digital touch points, right? For all of those things, I can see, oh, they were confronted with a buy screen and they chose not to, right? Or 
or this particular you know thing this particular image worked better than the other image restaurant owners uh traditionally haven't been able to like know if marketing is working or not right <laughs> unless people come in and tell them or they use a coupon that they put out there so the, the direction that i see all of this going is that uh as the tooling evolves in the restaurant space and as there's more investment that that capital your venture capital dollars are poured into this space and we're getting heavier onto all the different verticals that I was talking about before. There's going to be more of a digital footprint of uh, and, and a better understanding of when that buying actually happens because you capture the customer typically before they ever enter your door, and people don't think about that, hmm. right? The, 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 there, there's this old adage of uh, people, place, and product, right? You know the three P's that they teach you about about your how to how to run an effective restaurant, right? You got to have good people. Your product's got to be good or we can't help you. Like your food's got to taste good, right? And, and, and the place, right? The location. The location used to be everything, right? I remember talking to a restaurant owner in 2012 and she wanted a website for her restaurant. And sh she set up the meeting and, and then I showed up and, and, she, and she said to me, why should I pay for a website? I was like, well, first of all, you set up the meeting. So like, why are you just now asking me this? Like you asked me this. And, and my response was pretty much like, it's 2012. Like pe people are looking for, for it to come by. And her response was, well, I paid a premium for my location. So I don't think I need to put money into that. Right. Uh, and at the time, it, I mean, she still ran. So obviously it, it's, it's working. But I've been in a restaurant since then. She's, she's struggling on a lot of other things. There's a lot of new competition around her. And I think what's kept her business open ultimately has been the drive-through, which is, is a whole nother ball game. But, but at the end of the day, when there's so many different choices that we can make as consumers, if I can be in your face and make it easy for you to see it and make it easy for you to make the decision to give me a shot and you can see what other people are eating and enjoying there, that, that window shopping through our devices that we touch so many times a day is is just an impot like i couldn't imagine not leveraging it and mm. look at any chain anywhere in the world right that, that that's why the growth of olo was was you know so meteor meteoric right they focused on dealing with brands directly and focused on larger chains that could afford you know the investment into that tech and it has benefited them greatly and it has benefited those chains greatly Right. right. And, and I mean, all of these brands are still, you know, local businesses and it's mm -hmm. a, a, you know, a local marketing, you know, play and they have to kind of operate in within that realm and within, mm -hmm. you know, and reach the people who were in that area. And right. really one of the best ways is social media and a digital presence to do that, particularly, mm -hmm. you know, if they can connect with local community members. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, w w one of the trends that we're seeing is, is not just, you know, social media awareness and giving them touch points to to buy, to to see, to engage with their audiences. But SMS marketing is another huge like request that, that we get all the time that most of the big technology companies, uh, whether they're restaurant CRMs or points of sale, don't have. It's something that we plan on having in, in the not, you know, hopefully hopefully somewhere in the not too distant future, and because it's something that we get, we get requests on all the time. And so, you know, SMS marketing is another way because it's got like a 98% efficacy rate in terms of like people actually opening, opening the, the message. So 
the thing is, is like everybody eats and, and people don't mind being marketed to if it's something that they want to consume. Right? right. So when you sign up for it and, and, and go and, and then you get the message and say like, we have this half off thing today. Like most people are happy about that. Right. And if they don't like it, they can just, you know, reply exactly. stop and then that's oh, it. And they're not interacting with the brand. <laughs> there's plenty of laws that, that force that. Yes. So absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. So what is it that guests want when it comes to restaurant technology? I think we've talked a lot about so many different things, you know, mm-hmm. but what is it that you're hearing that that the guests want in relation to this when they when what are their expectations of a restaurant in regard to the technology and what it should be able to do and do to in, either engage with them or improve their guest experience? Right. I mean, the, the guest has got every every new thing that's that's uh, introduced to the market becomes a form of expectation, right? So like the ability to send yourself a digital receipt, right? Has become sort of an expectation when you are standing in a point of sale line, ordering something, right? Uh, through email or text messages, right? So, so everything that we put out there becomes sort of, sort of an expectation. But, but ultimately what, what I'm seeing in, in the market in terms of like, I think a lot back to when online reservations first became a thing, right? There was a lot of pushback against that. And, and I, especially during the pandemic and right after the pandemic, and particularly in more rural areas with QR menus, uh, I've talked to employees at restaurants, even restaurant owners on occasion that would say, I will, I will never work at a place that has that because it, 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 it gets rid of the human touch, right? Well, people accused the uh, online reservations products of doing the same thing. I like, I like talking to my customers, right? Like I, I like I like interacting with them, right? The fact of the matter seems to be, and I think ultimately what it came down to with with online reservations is there is a portion of the population where that is what good service means to them, right? We we think of good service as as human interaction, and mostly human interaction is the service element, but hospitality is what how we feel after leaving, right? Like it is, it is, it is what we, it is our perception. Like you may not remember exactly what you ate. You may not remember exactly the good or bads of it. Just you remember a feeling that I enjoyed that, right? Or, or I didn't enjoy that, right? So there is a portion of the population that good service to them is being able to avoid the human interaction. Yes. Right? And it's in, the number is increasing. Yes. <laughs> the number is increasing. So, yes. so I, where we have seen restaurants fall flat on their face and and we've even especially in the early moments of the pandemic pushed some of them to try this right uh was when they try to force one way on everybody right everybody orders through a qr menu everybody does a reservation online or this and that right having the option in most things in life is almost always better right so like when you adopt a qr menu we say put it on your tables train your staff on how to do it don't force it on anybody some people will gravitate to it and come back and, and that'll be a feature that you offer, right? Same thing with, uh, with online ordering or excuse me, with, um, with online reservations, right? Is that some people still call, some people still call. But if you were to say today that people don't want to be able to book a reservation online because it gets rid of service, you'd sound crazy. Right. Right. So I guess looking into the future, the arguments about aut- increased automation and increased technology taking away from hospitality will kind of fall by the wayside. 
I, I think it's like anything. I think it's in how you approach it, how, how you deal with your people. I, I don't think there's going to be a world where human interaction just goes away. I think it just changes in every industry. I mean, we're seeing all, all kinds of automation right now in replacing kitchen staff, the, the, the people that, that make the food. There's tons of new investment in robotics for that, right? But there's still somebody that has to be the creator behind the recipes. There's still somebody that has to make sure those things are executing properly. So, so I think it's one of those things where the industry landscape does change. There's nothing that we can do about that. Every industry is impacted by technology, and you know the industry that today employs ten ten percent plus or whatever it was last I read of mm-hmm. of our country may employ less. But that doesn't mean that the jobs won't become more specialized and and change. But I mean. Absolutely. I do. I do not personally believe that it will impact hospitality for those that care about providing hospitality. There was a when we were not a point of sale yet and we were just a QR menu ordering solution. I wrote an early blog post uh, that was will table needs replace servers. And and I put a little TLDR at the top of the blog post and I was like, yeah, kind of the bad ones. Right. Like <laughs> if it makes the good servers more effective. Right, then we can get rid of the bad ones. Right, right, and, and so I think it'll be this. I think that'll be true of the restaurant industry in general. I actually think it it broadens access to the ability for those that have the 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 creative desire to do the food industry to be able to do it. Right, right. Uh, it's never been more possible with the advent of ghost kitchens and pop ups and technology around all of this to to be able to just like set up shop, <laughs> right? There's obviously laws and regulations that make that a little more complex. And that's why I believe that the longer term play is that somebody's got to become synonymous with opening restaurants, mm-hmm. right? There's got to be a tech company that becomes synonymous with that. And I hope it becomes table needs, obviously. <laughs> so that leads into my next question. So where where do you see you guys, your yourselves going in you know, in say five years, I know, you know, it's, it's hard looking, looking that far, mm-hmm. particularly with everything that's gone on in the past, but you know, where, where do you hope to be in this space in the next few years? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's always the tough question because like every time a new piece of data shows up, like you, you're a startup, you, you, you pivot, yeah. right? Like by definition, a startup is something trying to be a business, right? <laughs> right? Like you're trying to figure out what is your, what is your business model and you're doing something that's never been done before. Right. But if I had to like, pick something today and what what gets us excited you know for the future is we talk a lot about being the happy employee company right we 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 have this thesis that if if through our technology if if through if we are service for the service industry if you will which was one of our early slogans then then if we can go into a restaurant and by being involved with them by using our technology by using our solutions the employees of that restaurant can be happier more fulfilled in their jobs better able to do their jobs, then that will, as a, as a natural way of consequence, lead to more loyal customers, which leads to steadier revenue. Uh, I think our thesis is pretty simple. We believe restaurants are important. I mean, we saw how crazy people went when they, they couldn't leave their house and go to restaurants, mm. right? Like, like it is, it's part of society. It's part of life. Food is love. There's all this writing on all of that stuff that just goes back to like the core of the romantic reasons to get involved in in restaurants or, or cook for folks, right? So where I'd like to see us really shine is become that happy employees 
company and become the folks that simplify restaurant processes and technology and give you an opinionated way in which to do it. I don't want to be all things to all people. I want us to be a very like, here's the table needs way to start run a restaurant. And as such, you will have a greater chance at success, right? That's my great experiment. That's my great hypothesis here is that if we give you a more guided approach, more of these restaurants will be successful. So there's a lot of argumentation on these numbers, uh, but but I think it's a, a very widely accepted fact that franchises typically have a higher success rate than, sure. than mom and pop shops, right? Because you get the support, you get all these things, but you're also giving up a large portion of your sales. So, so why is that, right? Well, it's because they have a business model and some of that is brand, but a lot of it is just support and the, the fact that the technology decisions are already made for you. So if I can look back in five, 10 years and say that table needs visibly made the world better by being almost the franchise for the disenfranchised, if you will, created more restaurants, made them made them more able to stand the test of time and that our communities were better because of that. That's what I want. Perfect. Thank you so much. This is great.